Welcome again to the Business of Kush, the cannabis business podcast where your host Chip Schweiger, the Greenleaf CPA, and his guests talk about all the business side of the cannabis industry, including accounting, finance, investing, and news of the day. If you're a cannabis business owner, investor, or industry insider looking for the dopest tips to make more money, improve profits, and increase the value of your cannabis business, you're in the right place. And now, here's your host, Chip Schweiger. Well, hi, folks, and welcome to this week's episode of The Business of Kush, the podcast where you get one actionable tip each and every week to increase the value of your cannabis business. For our regular listeners and subscribers, welcome back. So great to have you here again this week. And if you are a new listener, a very warm welcome to what in a short time has really become one of the top cannabis business podcasts. So if you found yourself here for the first time, you're in good company. Once again, I'm your host, Chip Schwager, the Greenleaf CPA. Yep, I'm that guy who's made it his mission to see you and your cannabis business grow by bringing 28 years of experience in public accounting and corporate finance to you, the cannabis entrepreneur. And I created this podcast with you in mind, with tips and tricks to make more money or build a more successful cannabis business. Hey, speaking of that, did you see that New Mexico cannabis sales hit nearly $39 million in May? That's a great start, and we're going to touch on it a little bit later in the show. And also, California is targeting cannabis businesses over unpaid taxes. So we'll get to that too in a bit. But first, let's truth talk for just a minute. So we're headed into uncertain economic times. Between inflation and the continuing war in Ukraine to another election, where all these folks seem to do is yell at each other from the top of their lungs. And if you haven't figured it out yet from listening to this podcast, I'm not the biggest fan of the two-party system in this country. Just think it fosters a rush to extremes when most of us are actually somewhere in the middle. But that's not what this episode is about. Back to the economy. While the cannabis industry has generally been mostly immune to rough economic times and even grew during the pandemic in a lot of ways, it still creates complications in running your cannabis business. If you are able to get lending, interest rates will likely go up. Other basic materials can get more expensive too. And you may see a fall off on the margins from some customers who may be, we'll call it more casual consumers. And that trickles up and down the entire chain. There are no set playbooks to follow when it comes to your cannabis business weathering the storm, but I do have some advice that will help keep you afloat. And one of the best strategies includes following general guidelines on how others have handled their own turnarounds. But remember, each situation can vary, so look at what works best for yours before trying anything else. So here's five pieces of advice. Let's visit on each of them. Number one is to look at the big picture. So too often people get caught up in the day-to-day operations of their cannabis business and don't take the time to step back and assess the big picture. And this can lead to a really narrow view of a cannabis company's operations, which can prevent you from seeing important problems that need to be addressed. It's important to periodically take a step back and evaluate your business model to ensure that it is still relevant and still effective. Now, this will give you the chance to identify any areas that need improvement and to make changes that are necessary. Additionally, looking at the big picture can help you better understand your company's strengths and their weaknesses, which can be super beneficial in developing strategies for growth. 
Failing to periodically assess the big picture can lead to stagnation and ultimately hinder your company's ability to compete in today's marketplace. And this is especially true if you're operating in a mature market. For example, let's suppose a dispensary owner discovers that two employees are consistently making mistakes with inventory that causes certain product to be overstocked or understocked. While your initial reaction might be to fire those employees, it could be wiser to think whether the manager who hired them and who supervises them has properly trained them. If the manager is to blame, that person could be fired, I suppose. But again, this might not be the best approach. If a manager has developed strong relationships with your customers, it's important that they stay in place. Retraining might be more appropriate than termination and could even result in increased sales for your company. You can't manage what you don't understand. So by thoroughly scrutinizing the strengths and the weaknesses of your employees, it allows for a bird's eye view into any potential problems before they arise. This way, if there are issues with an individual worker or a group, you'll know best how to fix them without having too many changes made at once that could actually cause more trouble than good in future sales volumes. And while we're on it, let's talk about another tip, and that's to inventory your staff. So what do I mean? Payroll is often one of the top costs of any cannabis business. So seeing to it that the money is well spent makes a lot of sense. This may involve a thorough review of the staff, both when the problem arises and during the normal course of business, just to make sure that the right people are on board and doing their jobs effectively. Both small business owners and large corporations tend to be penny wise and pound foolish when they hire the least expensive workers. And here's why. Your least expensive workers often don't bring value to a business and may be suspect on their productivity, but they're less expensive, so the thought may be there just to hire them and save money. Hiring one worker who costs 20% more than the average worker, but works 40% more effectively or consistently generates higher sales per hour or per customer actually makes a lot more sense. I guess what I'm trying to get across is this is not the time to go with the low-cost employee because you need quality and you need efficiency, and a lot of times you don't get that with the lowest-cost employee. By constantly seeking resumes and interviews with new people, cannabis business owners can make changes to staff when needed and to increase efficiency. Okay, another super important thing to think about is ensuring that you have access to cash. Now, have you heard about me talk about cash flow before? Cannabis business owners should take steps to ensure that their company has access to cash, particularly in periods of crisis. Now, in episode 25, we talked about why cash flow is so important and how to get it. And it's even more important when the economy gets a little scrappy. So encourage customers to pay early. For example, if your payment terms are net 30, consider offering a slight discount for customers paying in net 10, and that can be a really big help. And, oh, by the way, try to get to know your vendors and extend payment terms as long as possible. Most vendors will ask businesses for net 30, but once you build up a positive relationship, there may be more inclined to offer net 45 or even net 60. And remember, maintain a weekly rolling cash forecast. A rolling cash forecast is a great practice for improving cash flow overall but it's essential to weather the storm until we return to calmer seas. It doesn't have to be complicated or fancy. Excel can easily allow you to project a weekly rolling cash forecast. You should include all the estimated inflows, such as customer receipts, and all the outflows, such as vendor payments and payroll. 
Record this data on at least a weekly basis. Your rolling cash forecast will also help you plan staffing needs, commit to new vendors, and ensure funds will be available always to make payroll and vendor payments. Okay, and tip number four is it's time to start sweating the small stuff. Although it's important to keep an eye on the big picture, this tip is really focused on not overlooking smaller things that may have an adverse impact on the business. A large tree obstructing the public's view of your dispensary or your signage, inadequate parking, or ineffective advertising are examples of small problems that can put a big dent in a business's bottom line. Also, going through your quarterly expenses line by line may also help. Now, I wouldn't focus so much on the one-time expenses here because those charges were likely for necessary items. Instead, look for small items that seem innocent but are actually draining your bank accounts. For example, the cost of office supplies can quickly get out of hand if they're not ordered properly. Similarly, if your supplier increases product prices, you should consider looking around for a cheaper supplier. And yes, as I've talked about before in previous episodes, diversifying your suppliers actually has the added benefit of making your company more valuable. And the last step is now is the time not to sacrifice quality. Keeping a handle on your costs is crucial in tough times. I get it. But be cognizant of not sacrificing quality when you go on the offensive and start making product changes. Business owners seeking to improve profit margins should be very wary of making dramatic changes to key components. So think about a dispensary owner going through a dry spell, and they could seek to expand margins by purchasing cheaper and inferior products, but this could backfire big time if customers get pissed off. Not all weed is good weed, and if you have a reputation for having good product, it doesn't have to be the highest price, but just good product that you sell 80% of the time, then you got to stick with it. Don't give customers a chance to get dissatisfied and go someplace else. The key is to make costs and other cuts that don't compromise the quality of the finished product. Perhaps there's a way to cut the price of the bags, for example. So five tips on how to weather the storm that looks like it's coming. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But if we do go into a, you know what, I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to put the word out there in the universe. We'll just say if we do go into the R word, and if we do end up there, that's not good for business. And I mean most every business. People saving their money during difficult periods means they're spending less, which hurts every company's customer base. So it's important that you stay alert every time. There may not be growth happening right now, but one day soon it will be back. And look, Yes, a lot of doom and gloom here in this week, but I feel like I owe it to you with a little bit of straight talk. At the same time, your cannabis business absolutely can thrive in a bad economy, but you've got to take action and you've got to keep your knees bent. Yes, companies can cut costs, which is a common thing to do when facing hard times. This can mean laying off non-essential staff or executives taking a temporary pay cut. Companies making a physical product can change their suppliers, while others may opt to use less expensive materials. But when times become difficult for your cannabis business, it's important that at that point, more than ever, you retain a cool head. Sometimes there's a simple solution that may help you keep your business running that you wouldn't have noticed if you were too stressed or bogged down in the tiny details. Being aware of the big picture and making sure that as the number one employee, that your number one priority is during a time of hardship is looking after all of this. Oh, and one last suggestion. You also should be discussing all of this with your investors and getting their feedback on strategies. After all, this is your business, but it's their money. 
So they have a vested interest in helping you get through it. And bonus, think of how good you'll look when you bring this to them on a proactive basis rather than getting caught flat-footed later. And if you want to visit any more on any of this, I'm always here for you. Just drop me a note at chip at thegreenleafcpa.com. Okay, let's get to our last segment, and that's the one that we call News of the Day. News of the Day. Okay, as I mentioned before, recreational and medical cannabis sales in New Mexico topped $38.5 million in the month of May, according to the state's marijuana regulator. So the total sales breakdown is $21.1 million in adult use sales and $17.4 million in medical marijuana transactions. And this is according to New Mexico's Cannabis Control Division. So the sales figures really depict a steady pace that was expected by everyone when adult use cannabis was legalized. And the, if you remember back, the New Mexico recreational market launched a little more than two months ago to really strong consumer demand and a brisk first month sales that topped nearly $40 million. That means that the second month of sales was almost on par with the first, down by about $1 million. Uh, and this is really actually a very, very good thing. Now, the cities that had the highest sales totals in May included Albuquerque, Santa Fe, Las Cruces, Rio Rancho, and Hobbs. And both Las Cruces and Hobbs are located right next to the Texas border. So Texans, as expected, accounted for a notable chunk of New Mexico's adult use sales. So great news for New Mexico. Happy to hear it and looking forward to more continued adult use sales in that state. Okay, our second news article comes to us from MJ Biz Daily, and this is what I talked about before. The headline reads, California targets cannabis businesses over unpaid taxes. So California's business tax collector is actually ramping up enforcement against unlicensed and licensed cannabis companies who owe the state nearly $200 million in unpaid taxes. So in the last few months, the California Department of Tax and Fee Administration has really taken a new approach against underground businesses that have undermined the legal market by skipping their taxes and undercutting licensed companies. And this is actually good to see. In particular, the taxing authority has launched raids and auctioned off seized properties as part of heightened efforts to collect unpaid taxes and rein in underground operators. Legal businesses, meanwhile, are also facing stepped-up efforts by the state. So the escalation, according to the department, signals a return to normalcy in the state government as the economy rebounds from the pandemic-led downturn. Now, the seizing of commercial properties connected to illegal cannabis operations is actually a new approach for the department. And so far, the effort appears to be generating results. On May 11th, the taxing authority auctioned off property for $50,000 that was seized in Compton. And this was actually the agency's third auction in three months. In late March, the department sold a property in Whittier just uh, south. No, I'm sorry. Whittier is just east of Los Angeles for $310,000 after an investigation into illegal cannabis sales. Now, unlicensed operators at the site owed $850,000 in taxes. 
And a few weeks earlier than that, the taxing authority, in conjunction with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, sold another property seized in Compton for $256,000. So I think that the taxing authority is really committed to leveling the playing field for legal businesses by enforcing the tax laws against illegal operations and will continue to watch this. We know where we're going from an economy standpoint, so it's interesting to see that the taxes, the cannabis-related taxes, actually which were set for cuts under Governor Gavin Newsom's proposed budget, but also been a lightning rod in the California marijuana market uh, because of a lot of the operators that are operating licensed businesses are being undercut by unlicensed marijuana companies. And uh, I think that uh, it'll be something that is will be interesting to see and track as we go forward. Hey, quick question for you. Are you liking what you're hearing on the business of Kush? Well, if so, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend. Now, you can share the link from your favorite podcast provider. We're actually everywhere, by the way. Or just send them to bizofkush.com, where they can find every episode and the show notes. And also, one last reminder, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on Twitter. And all of them are at bizofkush. So let's connect. And with that, we're done for this week. Thanks again for investing some of your time listening this week. I know there's a lot of information out there. So we'll continue to do our best to serve this community by bringing you the right stuff so that you can keep growing and keep growing. Look forward to you joining us again next week. We'll see you. You've been listening to The Business of Kush, the podcast for cannabis business owners, investors, and industry insiders. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast. It's easy to do by clicking on that subscribe button or follow button. And you can also follow us on social media at at BizOfKush or visit us on the web at www.thegreenleafcpa.com forward slash listen. We'll catch you in the next episode. And thanks again for listening to The Business of Kush.